Tired of the negative news and flashover substance? It's time for Live with Dr. Wendy. Dr. Wendy Patrick is a trial attorney, patriot, and Ph.D. with a passion for people and a penchant for politics. Dr. Wendy brings you the headlines, streamlined news you can use. It's time to be informed, engaged, and entertained. Now, here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Live with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick. Joining me tonight is my colleague and co-host, Larry Dersham, and we have some amazing news that you can use. But first, we have been experiencing a year like none other. You've heard of the year of living dangerously. Well, this has been the year of living at home. Let's review. This all started Thursday, March 19th. Remember that? That was the day that Gavin Newsom declared a statewide shelter in place. Life stopped for most of us in California. Like that old fashioned sound from the 80s when I grew up, the needle scratching off the record. But soon other states had followed until the entire US economy was shut down. Not unlike when President Bush ordered all aircraft to land during the unfolding of the 9-11 tragedy. Remember that? But this is very different. This has gone on for a longer period of time, and it was nearly total. As of today, we've been under some form of shelter in place for 164 days. Who's counting? We are, because we are hoping and praying there is an end in sight when we can completely revitalize our economy. But this has also been the year of virtual reality, because as Americans, we are can-do geniuses, having come up with all kinds of creative ways to handle the new normal, or I should say the hopefully temporary new abnormal way of life. The way we conduct our businesses, personal, pleasure, education, and with millions of people learning on the fly how to do things through Zoom, through Teams, through BlueJean, through all the kinds of ways that we've learned how to interact virtually, we're really getting pretty good at it. And it may be here to stay just for a little bit in terms of the immediate future. But we were just through something that we never thought we would do virtually. That's right, the political conventions. And the fact that we're relegated to virtual reality has never been more on display as it was literally on stage last week and the week before the Democratic and Republican conventions. Now, we just finished the Republican convention and it was a mix of flash and substance, excitement and enthusiasm, over the top extravagance. If you saw that fireworks display on the last night, that was a visual feast for the eyes, not a prepackaged lineup of speakers. Because remember, they really kind of went with the hybrid version. There were many live speakers too. We know that because there was an acknowledgement, even in the virtual speakers, of current events, like the shooting in Wisconsin. You'll also notice it was characterized not by movie star surrogates, but real people with personal stories. There was everything from an ex-felon with a sentence commuted to a story about being literally reborn figuratively and spiritually by another convicted felon. There was a naturalization ceremony. There was a sit down with former hostages. These are the kinds of things that you would never see at a convention. We say the president is unconventional. This convention was unconventional as well. And that ending with the opera 
it was just something to talk about. And that's probably why we're still talking about it and will be for some time to come. But one of the other things that really characterized this convention is the fact that it was big and bold, just like we are as Americans. It was patriotic and it was right up the alley, right till the very end with the Trump fireworks that actually spelled out Trump 2020, if you were looking closely. That's the, that's the way we are as Americans in terms of really being over the top in our passion and in our patriotism. Now, Larry, let's contrast that with the way the Democratic Convention ended. Now, I think it ended with Zoom squares. Now, of course, Zoom, that's so March 2020. We really moved on from right. Zoom, not really. We're probably still still owning it and using it a little bit. But there was a little problem with the way that ended. Let's remind everyone what actually happened. Right. What was kind of funny, uh, they had uh, when Cam- Kamala Harris was giving her acceptance a speech to become the vice president nominee, uh, along with Joe Biden, there was a Zoom uh, screen up there, and I think there was about 30 squares. But people noticed immediately, uh, and then you saw this on Twitter, that at least uh, there were three ladies there that were duplicated. So that brought the total number of the, the 30 Zoom squares down to 27 people. So they were actually found duplicates, uh, which was very unusual, I thought. And, uh, you know, it is unusual because she has plenty of fans, friends, fans and followers that could have filled those little Zoom squares. Um, and I know we're talking a lot about that, even though, of course, there was plenty to talk about. There are lots of great speeches during that convention as well. That's for sure. But one of the other things we're talking about when we like to debrief large public events is who wore what. Sort of like we play the who wore it better game at the Oscars. So everyone was talking about Melania's dress. Now, she took the high road in her speech. She said she wouldn't use her precious time attacking the other side. But the Internet lit up, not because of what she said, but because of what she wore. So she looks beautiful in anything. Uh, But those people that really physically follow this first lady fashion are talking about the fact that she wore a darker green outfit. Now, remember, Jackie Kennedy, talk about a fashion first lady icon. She had lots of gorgeous green dresses. But was Melania sort of channeling the newly modeled Rose Garden um, or was she sending some sort of a message? Larry, you have one of the most interesting thoughts on this that I've heard to date. What do you think? Right. Well, I noticed it right away when we were watching. I mean, of course, she's a a beautiful woman and uh, she was dressed perfectly. But I just noticed that kind of khaki dress that she was wearing. It looked very militaristic to me, almost like something you'd see down in Venezuela or something. And I just had this thought, and and I can't prove it. I actually never heard anybody say this, that was she sending out a message that just like her family and her husband have been under constant attack, was she saying this could be warfare and we are ready to fight and I'm going to stand side by side with my husband. And again, uh, I may be stretching that a little bit, but I just thought that was interesting. And another really quick thing, too, about going back to the Democratic Convention, very briefly, uh, there is a technology, holograms. And I know uh, Joe Biden gave this perfectly done speech in 22 minutes. Could that have possibly been? And I don't think so. Could it have been wow. a hologram? Wow, Larry. That's all I have to say to that. <laughs> wow. Okay. You know what? I know that you've shared with me the technology has gotten so good 
that if anybody's listening to this, maybe they'll post it on Twitter and people will weigh in. Very interesting. Hey, uh, another thing I know that you're following is um, the fact that Congress, believe it or not, is still arguing over a coronavirus relief package. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They still haven't got that done. And this would actually be the fifth installment of relief. They, I don't want to go over all the things. The biggest one before this was the CARES Act, which uh, they, they released $1.8 trillion. And now they're currently working on, in the Congress, the, you know, the House of Representatives that's uh, led by Nancy Pelosi is called the HEROES Act. And they want to give the people and businesses $3.4 trillion. And the Republicans uh, in the Senate, led by Mitch McConnell, they call their version the HEALS Act. And Heroes so, versus HEALS. I love it. <laughs> I guess so. Well, this is in healing. And that's H-E-A-L-S. Okay, that's yeah, important yeah. to note. Exactly. <laughs> and so they're throwing around these, these figures, and I want everybody to get help, but I just thought this was so amazing. Uh, I, I have this, uh, we were on vacation once, and this gentleman talked about how much money Congress is spending, and he gave this amazing example. If you were to convert money to seconds or, or minutes or years, 1 million seconds equals 11 and a half days. So think wow. of that as in dollar amounts, 1 billion seconds or $1 billion. Well, if you convert $1 billion to seconds, that would uh, be 32 years. Now you're getting into the trillions. Okay. So $1 trillion, if you convert that into seconds, guess what? 32, 32,000 years. So when they're throwing out trillions of dollars, you know, I'm just thinking, who's going to pay for that? We have to be very careful. Uh, and there's a, a strategy called, and I want everybody to hear this, it's called the Cloward and Piven strategy. There were two uh, sociologists from Columbia University, and they were married. Uh, Cloward and Piven uh, was the wife. And they developed this strategy where <clears throat> they wanted to get everybody uh, uh, on welfare, and it and the goal was to have like a, a uniform uh, wages for everyone. And their strategy was to overload and break the welfare system. So they did that. They took that away from the local governments. They gave it to the federal government because there's not good oversight in the federal level. And then that would create chaos as they keep on giving them more and more money that we can't afford. Then the government would take control of that chaos. And then... According to them, they would implement socialism and communism through government force. Does that sound familiar? It's very frightening that you could take money and so overspend that we would be a broken society. And then the people that caused the problem would offer the solution. So something we have, certainly to be, in, we have to be mindful certainly of it. Something in, you bet we have to be mindful of it. And it, it's, uh, it's always very timely to talk about these sorts of things as we've just come off of both conventions trying to figure out who got the greatest bump who was able to fundraise most efficiently off of that bump. And then where do we go from here? You know where we go from here, Larry, to the rounds of debates. I can't wait. Yes. I also can't wait for our next guest that we're going to be having on after the break. You are not going to want to miss her. Uh, she has written a very inspirational book. She's going to talk about that. She's both a doctor and an author uh, and is going to talk about one of our favorite subjects, but also something we find very difficult to do. So if that tease isn't enough to hold you over the break, I don't know what will. You are listening to Live with Dr. Wendy. We will be back in a flash. News cycle lowlights have no place here. You're listening to Headline Highlights Live with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. 
This program is brought to you by HappyDays.Health, official distributors of the full line of Shackley products. Right now, we are looking for energetic entrepreneurs who would like to start their own Shackley distributorship, make real money, and be a part of the $9 billion in commissions that have been paid out since 1956. Start today and cash in this summer and make an additional 10% on everything you sell through September 30th. Earn money without leaving the house with the -the on-the-go digital tools and your optional online shop help yourself and others stay healthy we've pioneered the nutrition supplement industry for 64 years work from anywhere from home or on your phone work the way you want no inventory required if you would like to learn more about this amazing income generating opportunity please visit our website at happydays.health and click on the visit us link that's happydays.health and click on the visit us link It's time for more news you can use. The headlines streamline. It's time for more Live with Dr. Wendy. Now here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Welcome back to Live with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick. I told you we're going to talk about something the second half that is near and dear to our hearts. Rest. That's right. We are moving from wealth to health. Now, we all know rest is important to health, and we sure know how to stay busy, don't we? But do we know how to rest? Well, thankfully, we have a special guest here that's going to explain to us the best ways in which we can actually get what she calls sacred rest. Larry, who do we have? Yes, Wendy. Today, I'd like to introduce our special guest, Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith. Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith is a board-certified internal medicine physician, speaker, and author. She's an international wellness expert featured in numerous media outlets, including Prevention, MSNBC, Women's Day, Fox, Fast Company, Psychology Today, and she was a guest on Dr. Oz's show. She's an author of numerous books, including her new book that we're going to be talking about in a second here called Sacred Rest, subtitle Recover Your Life, Renew Your Energy, Restore Your Sanity, And it includes uh, groundbreaking insight into seven types of rest needed to optimize your productivity, increase your overall happiness and your uh, overcome burnout, which we all need to to do and to live your best. And uh, lawyers know nothing about burnout, though. Just a disclaimer. No, we don't. Uh, So welcome to doctors. Right. (laughs) So welcome to the show, Dr. Sandra. We're pleased to have you here. Hi, thanks for having me. Okay, great. Yeah. So, uh, we wanted to know, you know, rest seems like a very simple process to most of us, but why do so many people have to struggle with fatigue and insomnia? I think many of us, when we say the words rest, we automatically combine that into sleep and we use the two words kind of interchangeably. And so what happens is we think that if we can get our seven, eight, nine, however many hours of sleep at night, that that will miraculously make us feel better and get us revived and restored. And I think many of us have experienced that even if you can get to sleep, that you don't always wake up feeling refreshed. And that's the thing. Sleep and rest are not the same. They're, they're similar in that sleep is a type of rest. It's a type of passive physical rest. But as you mentioned in that introduction, there are seven different types of rest. So when you put all of your eggs in that one sleep basket, you're in essence missing out on the other six types of rest. And you know, doctor, one of the types of one of the 
one of the types of rest that sounds very intriguing is emotional rest. I mean, that really piqued our interest. What is that? Emotional rest is the rest that you experience when you allow yourself to be authentic, when you're no longer people-pleasing, your, your mask is off, you're not trying to live up to anything, any expectations. You're just being real about your current situation and about what you're feeling in the moment. And many people live under what we consider professional stress, which is the stress just for living up to whatever your role or your degree or whatever people are expecting of you. And there's a stress associated with that. And some people have a hard time turning that off when they go home at night. That's amazing. Uh, Doctor, I noticed the title of your book is Sacred Rest. Now, Wendy and I are both Christians as well as attorneys. Does that have anything to do with uh, our beliefs, the sacred part? It does. There's spiritual rest, which is specifically about our beliefs and building our relationship with God and and understanding the benefit of that relationship and how it actually helps us rest. The sacred part of rest is really getting back to the, to the fact that rest is important, that it's not something we can put off till we find time for it. It's not like the book you put on your bookshelf and you'll get to it when you're ready because failure to rest has produced a culture really that's burned out, angry, stressed, irritable. You know, there's so many different things that happen to us when we omit rest. And you know, Doctor, we've been any of us live better. We've been talking about that in connection with so much of the unrest, the riots that have going on across across the country. Uh, given the mm-hmm. fact that many of these people that have been out of work, they're having financial difficulties. Some of them are having health concerns. They're like dry tinder, ready to spark. And your book talks not only about rest, but something that very much intrigues those of us that sometimes are accused of being workaholics. We'll never actually embrace that title because we're all in denial. You know about that too, I'm sure. But you talk about the fact that resting is hard, but staying busy is easy. Why is it easier to stay busy than rest? Well, that's what our culture rewards. It rewards productivity. And for most of us, we feel like that productivity can only happen if we're grinding ourselves into the ground, if we're staying active and staying busy the entire time. And we don't take into account that many of us are really producing from our emptiness. We're producing from our anger. We're producing from our fatigue. We're producing from a a place that's really not good and that it doesn't produce the fruit that we really want to see. Go ahead, Larry. I was was wondering, doctor, this is intriguing to me because I drink a lot of coffee. Is is that a bad thing uh, for getting rest? I suppose if you drink it late at night, it's not a good thing. Get all your medical questions out now, Larry, while we have her. (laughs) Now we've we've phased into nutrition, but that's good. It is relevant, isn't it? Yes. Well, I think a lot of people do experience difficulty going to sleep if they're drinking caffeinated products later into the day. And But everyone's body's different. Their tolerance level to caffeine is different. It's recommended that you don't drink it after the recommended time is about noon. But I know a lot of people drink it well past that. And it really just depends on your tolerance level, as it does with many, with many types of substances. You know, because you have seven different kinds of rest, we were wondering uh, which one you think is the most important, if in fact you can identify just one? Well, it's interesting. Since everything that's happened in 2020, my quiz, restquiz.com, I'm often being able to see kind of how people are scoring. So I'm able to to quickly determine kind of what's the the atmosphere of where people are having their rest deficit. And since everything that's happened, 
uh, sensory rest has been the one that's been the highest. Prior to that, it was often either emotional or creative, uh, but currently it's sensory rest. And I think just the increased amount of news that many of us are consuming, the need to always be on the computer, you know, most jobs that even with medicine, jobs that typically you were able to do face-to-face, a large portion of that's now being done electronically. We were already addicted to our devices, and now we're dependent on them even more because of the current situation. And it's really taken a toll on our sensory overload symptoms that some, of, some people are noticing, anxieties up, insomnia is worse. All of those things lead, are really kind of sprouting from that sensory overload and sensory rest deficit. Dr. Sandra, being a medical doctor, I suppose you would consider exercise important too. Yes, and interesting enough, I'm glad you brought that point up because when I talk about rest, most people automatically think I'm talking about the cessation of activity, stopping things. But really, rest is about restorative activities. So walking, stretching, doing things that actually help the body to improve the circulation and the lymphatics are a type of rest. It's a type of active physical rest. We talked about the passive and the sleeping and the napping. Those things can be part of the active. So it's not when you're walking fast trying to get your Fitbit to get the 10,000 steps. It's when you're having a leisure walk and you're more focused on just the restorative aspect of that. You know, I'm so glad you said that because it is so true that when you hear the word rest, you think about lying around at home on the couch watching television. And that is not at all what your book is about. You know, and we've gone through a a couple of the, the key points that your book makes. But I do have to say the creative rest, I also think sounds intriguing. What is that? Well, I think it's easier to describe because most people experience it and don't know what they're experiencing. If you've ever been through the beach and you're the type of person that when you're around bodies of water, maybe it's even if you're around the mountains or just looking at flowers, that you feel restored. You feel, you feel revived, yeah. that there's something that happens in those settings. That is a creative rest. It's the rest that we experience when we allow beauty to awaken the awe and wonder of creation around us. And it could be nature or it could be man-made beauty, like the symphony or going to an art museum. And I think people have to realize that if you are someone, you don't have to be a, a painter or an author to need creative rest. If you're someone who's having to be innovative, brainstorming, thinking outside of the box, coming up with new ideas, solving problems, you're using create, creative energy. And that part of you can be drained and have to be restored as well. Oh, here's a question for you, doctor. Uh, I'm curious about this. How many hours would you recommend? I know different people have to sleep different hours. Uh, eight hours, six hours. Is there a, a standard amount of rest we need? No, really, I call it a work-rest ratio. It's the, it's the amount of rest you need to, to really feel like you're staying in a place of being well-rested. You're not just working out of your depletion. You're not feeling drained. Your emotions aren't where you feel like you're having to cover them up. You're not in a situation where you're constantly being bombarded by sounds and music and, and data. Doctor, we're going to have um, to leave it there at the end of the show. This was has been so interesting for all of us and our listeners. Thank you so much for joining us. We want to say have a wonderful, safe weekend. Please join us next week for more Live with Dr. Wendy for fantastic guests like we just had tonight. Have a wonderful week. God bless you.
Thank you for joining us for Live with Dr. Wendy. You can learn more about Dr. Wendy and how to become a guest or sponsor of the show by visiting wendypatrickphd.com. That's wendypatrickphd.com. Tune in every week at this same time as Dr. Wendy will engage and inspire you with an upbeat viewpoint on the highlights of the day. This has been Live with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego.